0: Welcome back to the Hum and the Holler, to our ongoing new adventure, ongoing not-so-new adventure, ongoing adventure, through the fables of 2022's calendar, Beloved Stranger.
1: These fables are published on our website on the first of every month, and we read them aloud on this podcast, and then talk a bit about what's coming up for us in this part of the story, what's coming up for the characters, just sort of a literary geek out also, the fables are appropriate for all ages, but these podcasts may very well not be. So you may want to screen them before sharing them with a youngster.
0: And we'd like to remind you that we want to hear from you this year. If you go to abacuscorvus.com slash podcast, you can leave us a voice message. There are details on that page that can guide you in your storytelling. There's also a link in the show notes. And you can check out The Hum, our bonus monthly astrology podcast on this same feed there's one coming up on may 29th in time for the gemini new moon on may 30th
1: we are so glad you're joining our conversations we are abacus corvus i'm joe and i am alive in the hills of madison county in western north carolina on stolen cherokee land
0: and i am karina and i am living on lenny lenape land in philadelphia and we want to send out some huge, huge gratitude to all of our Patreon supporters.
1: Shout out. We got a couple of new ones, and I'm going to send you guys a little personalized note soon. This is the fifth chapter of our fables because we are in the fifth month, and you can pretty much rely on that all year long. Karina,
0: do you, <laughs> do you,
1: do you want to read it to us?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I do. Ta-da. Crow was exhausted when she reached the foot of the mountain. There was an eerie quiet here, no chirping or chattering, no leaves rustling in the wind. Crow couldn't see any animals and hardly any plants, though some wild roses bloomed through the rubble of rocks that led up to tall cliffs and walls of stone. The mountain was so big, Crow couldn't see all of it at once, but felt its mass, Surrounded by many vast, flat faces of the mountain, she wondered how to begin a conversation. It seemed foolish to her now, the idea that she could just go talk to the mountain and ask some questions. She'd talked to birds and mice and flowers before. She'd talked to insects and stray wisps of cloud and had long conversations with lichen, but she'd never tried to talk to anything this big before. She considered the stones right in front of her. It was funny how they seemed to be looking straight through her, but she couldn't see inside of them. In fact, everywhere she looked, the stones seemed to be looking at her, but also blocking her from seeing something. She imagined something bright and flickering deep inside the mountain. An intelligence, but one very different from her own. The very strangeness of her situation put her in a bad mood. She missed her trees and her family, her nest and her neighbors. She very much wanted to go home. And as she puffed herself up into a grumpy snarl of a bird, she had the distinct impression she was being laughed at. She turned her head this way and that, but still saw no one. She heard the laughter again. It sounded like the trickling of water in hidden fissures and caverns. It looked like the tossing heads of the roses in the light wind. Crow puffed herself up bigger and started hopping up and down in anger. The laughter got louder. And as she turned around instinctively, she caught sight of her own shadow, hopping up and down with feathers bristling and no enemy in sight. Despite herself, she too started to laugh. As she relaxed, she could hear the faint voices of the roses, and she realized they were also laughing, but gently. Their voices were part of what she had heard, but not all of it. Shh, friend Crow, they were crooning now. You don't need to be afraid. Crow considered this. But it's so strange here. The roses laughed again. This time their laughter felt affectionate, but Crow still didn't see what was funny. Finally, one stopped laughing and spoke up. You're very strange here. Crow remembered how funny her shadow had looked. She admitted they had a point. If she were a flower living on the mountain, a crow from the forest might seem strange to her. Even though, she said quietly to herself, forests and crows are far more ordinary than vast mountains and roses that like to grow out of rocks. Seeing no one else to whom to deliver her speech, Crow pulled herself up to her full height and formally bowed her head to the roses. Mighty mountain, she called, I have come to ask you an important question, to try to prevent a war. I need to know the meaning of a terrible dream. I need to know if my forest is in danger. There was a pregnant pause, as the roses and crow and the slight breeze all waited. A few roses turned their faces back and forth. Finally, the forthright rose, that had spoken first, asked crow, oh, Are you here to talk to the mountain? You'd better come inside. Just then, a few rocks tumbled down and exposed an opening in the larger stones at the base of the mountain. The gap between the stones was just large enough for Crow to enter. But she hesitated. The darkness inside was entire. The roses encouraged her. You don't need to be afraid. For the first time, she noticed their powerful roots twining around the rocks and holding them fast. If I go in, she asked, can you promise me I'll come back out? You'll come back out again, they promised. So Crow gathered her courage and began to walk towards the opening. Just as she entered the dark fissure, she heard them say, but who you'll be when you come out again, we can't say.
1: Hmm. Thank you, Karina. I love this chapter. Um, so I'm curious if you want to talk a little bit about what struck you the most in this chapter, Karina.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think we're both very excited to get to this chapter after the last several. And mm-hmm. we've been mm-hmm. talking about fear and how Crow's anxiety has sent her on this mission to find reassurance somehow from someone that what is this mysterious Uh object in her nest Uh isn't terrifying or has a meaning or has a purpose. You know, she's just, Mm -hmm. she's been on this mission and everyone she's encountered Mm -hmm. has panicked with her or, or more so at her. And the roses are the first speaking roles, the first entities in this fable so far That respond with what Crow actually needs, which is some reflection and some reassurance. Yeah. Some sense of, you know, they say twice, you don't need to be scared. You know, just shh, it's okay. You don't need to be scared. And they laugh at her. And, you know, before we started recording, we were talking about um, different ways of expressing love for each other and for ourselves. And wondering kind of in like a hypothetical way is there ever a good time to be mean to someone like or to to yourself like is there Mm -hmm. is there ever a good reason to be mean to yourself is it ever a therapeutic thing and what I was saying is oh yeah there's a kind of loving teasing that can happen right but that is a form of love that (laughs) I think you and I have become We've adapted receptors for for it Uh, from having uh (laughs) not-so-gentle teasing happening in our family of origin. (laughs) Uh But I'm struck by the laughter in in this chapter after so much fear and by the laughter being at heart loving or at least neutral, right? Yeah. How about you, Joe? Yeah.
1: Um, I can vibe off of everything that you're saying and I think that I'm just so thrilled to be around stone Uh -uh. and with the mountain and I just love stones. If you know me, you know this, if you don't, now you do. I love stones so much. They're my good friends and they also, I feel pretty reliably offer me a kind of, a kind of reflection and reassurance in the world. Our hillside on the piece of land that we live on just, from the field, it looks a little bit like uh, field is a little glorified. I think from the bottom of the ditch, it looks like um, just a very steep, you know, Appalachian hillside. But when you when you as soon as you walk into the tree line, there are just these exposed bedrock faces. That to me, when I first met them, I was like, oh my gosh, this is this is the beginning of an incredible relationship because of these stones that I can Mm. see and I can relate with. And so for, for Crow to be meeting the mountain and meeting the stone and at that point in her journey also just brings me a lot of peace and excitement. And there's something else that's exciting in this chapter, that the Crow is walking into the darkness and moving inside the mountain. For me, she's demonstrating something. There's a clue in this about how to engage with something whose surface we do not understand. Mm. And, and if, if we can't see through something, if we don't feel like we can see what, is, what something is just by looking at it, mm-hmm. or maybe we see what we project onto that surface you know there's all kinds of things happening with surfaces and what we see but there's something about her movement inside the mountain that suggests that moving moving into leaning into the dark the fear of it the excitement of it the possibility of it and the mystery of moving into the dark is so rich for me and mm-hmm. and Karina it brings up something that we talked about a lot when we were talking about this story, which is the idea of opacity yeah. and how this mountain is, and, and especially in the image that goes along with this in the calendar, you have these rock faces and, and so much of what those meant to us were, were the, these representations of opacity, of these things that we cannot see through. Um, mm-hmm. did, I think? Did you also want to say something about that?
0: Yeah, well, I I find opacity to be a word that I come back to again and again. And specifically one of the resonances in that word that I love is in the work of Glissant, a, a post-colonial theorist, who when writing about race and ethics, named opacity as a fundamental ethic almost. Of how to encounter difference. And what he meant by that was, we don't see someone who's different than us, and try to sum them up immediately, or project our anxieties or fantasies onto them, or demand that they make themselves clear and legible, you know, so sort of like demand that they speak their all their entirety of truth to us so that we understand them better because they're so different. That that all of those are unideal, less than ideal ways of encountering difference. And that truly respectful and in I don't know the other word interested forms of engagement with difference always leave room for opacity. And opacity in this sense being this is what this is like the placeholder for a certain kind of mystery of the other's experience that I will never be able to know. And we can also find that in ourselves that, that when we encounter ourselves and all, all of our different motives and agendas and strange opinions and proclivities, we also find opacity. I don't know why I am the way I am. I don't know why I like this thing. I don't know why I stopped liking this thing and moved elsewhere. Right. And so one of the exciting things about this chapter for me is that we're finally coming to our, you know, our our visual metaphorical representation of this concept, you know, the mountain and its opacity. It just makes me incredibly happy.
1: Yeah. As I was listening to you talk, a very, an image came to mind and maybe we can wrap up this part of it just on this Mm -hmm. image of uh, for Crow to be moving into the dark. She's moving into a space where she cannot see a surface. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and in a way, that is very important. And I, the image that came to mind right. is that if she brought a light in with her, um, she would just continue to see faces of opacity <laughs> inside the mountain. There would just be even more opacity if the light was
0: there. Right. To go in the dark with a light is to know the light. Yeah.
1: Uh-huh. Exactly. Exactly.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, should we should we get inside our friend the crow and and try on yeah. perspective in this chapter? Yeah,
1: let's, let's do that.
0: Joe, do you want to go first?
1: Yeah. When I put myself into our dear crows perspective, there is a, a couple of layers of things. There's like a little cocktail of things that I feel all mixed together. And one of them is an awareness of, Um, exhaustion and tiredness of, of having made a long trip after a long time of feeling disrupted after maybe just even that original night of bad sleep with a dream that started this all (laughs) Um, some exhaustion, but also there's like a very real sense of um, having gotten out and away from obstacle And not that there, not that there is no obstacle anymore, but it reminds me of the way that I feel. I live in the mountains here and if I spend too much time on the ground level where the water flows and where all of the plants grow all over each other in this sort of temperate (laughs) rainforest insanity, um that can happen in my own mind and I can feel a little tangled. And so anytime I just walk up, I walk up, there's just a certain point at which I've reached a certain elevation and I can tell that I'm up above the buzz a little bit. I'm in a place where things aren't growing with the same kind of frenzy and I have a slightly different view. And there's just that similar feeling when I put myself in Crow's position of maybe for the first time she's up above higher up than what is usual to her, but also the usual ways of thinking, the usual obstacles, the usual people. And so going back to her and outside of my association, she's meeting flowers she's never met before. She's realizing that the mountain has has an intelligence, but she doesn't have any experience talking to it. So there's also that very palpable excitement so yeah exhaustion excitement and and i think a feeling of freedom that is not without its anxieties mm.
0: beautifully put thank you i yeah i i feel a lot of that too when i try on gross perspective i think that for me the story begins with more exhaustion and anxiety and becomes um, increasingly more curiosity and excitement. Mm -hmm. I think maybe not even consciously Crow is like, oh, this is Mm -hmm. what I've been waiting for. This (laughs) is the thing that is going to change everything. And Mm -hmm. I don't even know how. And maybe I don't consciously want change. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm resisting it. But honestly, what I'm coming from is a little untenable. Yeah. So home at this point, home and safety, the two things that Crow keeps saying she wants (laughs) are no longer as appealing in this moment, Mm -hmm. I think, Mm -hmm. than the experience of what on earth is this mountain? Yeah. And how how do I speak with it? And what does it mean? To go inside and to trust what does it mean to trust mm-hmm. you know she she hesitates a little but then eventually is like okay i trust you flowers mm-hmm. i see you got the strong roots roots and you're holding these rocks and that there is something protective and that you have agency you know there's a way in which yeah. crow is entering into one of the first transformative relationships of, that's, of the fables. that's exactly by, right by doing yeah. this yeah
1: and there's one other thing i want to mention not that it's like a big Wadango, wowie, wowie thing to say, but just that wadango. it... Wadango. Wadango. It just, uh, to me, bears mention. Bears needing to be mentioned. What? How do people talk, Karina? Bears mention? I
0: don't know how people talk. I, I think they mention bears mostly. <laughs> So in mentioning okay. bears, in yes, mentioning there's bears, thing. there's
1: a there's a not so wedango thing that just mentions bears. Oh, not bears. so Wadango, thank you. A not so wedango yes. thing, and we're gonna mention some <laughs> bears. Um, okay, after all that, I mean to say that this is the first time we've come back to Stone from January. That January was the presence of oh, this yeah. piece, this shard of the mountain, who started all of this. And is that a shard pro- of the mountain?
0: Do we know that?
1: Oh, no, but every stone is a shred of the mountain. I'm, I mean okay, that much okay, more generally. Okay, just, just checking. <laughs> yeah. Um, it is Earth. It is, you know, one of Earth's pieces yeah. of skins. You know, the, the the Earth bones. There was an Earth bone in the nest. And um, now she's up at the big pile of Earth bone. And so there's a connection there, clearly. And, and it's a
0: not-so-wedango connection, clearly. A, I mean,
1: well, actually, as I'm talking, Karina, it feels a little wedango. Um, i mean
0: i i i think i agree Uh
1: Uh um but at the at the start of this story she it never would have occurred to her to just talk to the rock to just be in conversation with it oh my god just be in relationship with it
0: (laughs) it never occurred to me until just now also yeah you're right
1: yeah, this whole and time now...
0: there's there's a thing in her nest that's like, "Hello, I am here," <laughs> and she's like, "Well, I clearly have to go somewhere else to figure out about you."
1: I'm gonna go everywhere else. I'm gonna go everywhere <laughs> yeah. else. So I think that might be mm-hmm. that, like the big, the big yummy for me of this chapter is like she's mm-hmm. ready to be, she's mm-hmm. ready to be in relationship with this element that has been mystifying and troubling her. And, but she goes to its place instead of seeing it in her place, you know, but it's
0: true. It's true. Wow. Okay. You blew my mind. Yay. What, what's the feeling you have as a reader and not a writer about what, about what's coming next. Uh Uh
1: I am expecting the mountain to show up to this relationship in Ways that feel both like, oh, I am definitely in relationship with this mountain. This mountain is definitely talking to me. How wonderful. And also maybe a little bit of like, wait, what? (laughs) Like, what are you you saying? You know,
0: like. That there'll be both transmission and mystery.
1: Transmission and mystery and some. Mm some sort of need to translate a little bit of of what the mountain is saying into something that the crow can try to understand and can she understand it Mm -hmm. a little bit that's where my mind is
0: yeah what about you for me i'm thinking about the last line that the roses said yeah sure you'll come out again but who, who knows what form you'll come out in and i'm anticipating I'm curious about what that transformation is going to look like for Crow. What, what will happen to her inside the mountain and which, which version of Crow will come out.
1: Ooh, I like that. I like that better than mine.
0: Oh no, yours was good too. Like maybe the
1: mountain won't talk. Mine's good too. But as you're saying that I'm realizing that like there's, there isn't really a guarantee, Yeah. you know, like, but there will be, I, I do feel as a reader that there will be a meeting of some mm-hmm. kind and it will be mm-hmm. mysterious. So, okay.
0: Well, great. we're going to have to tune in next time.
1: Well, here we are at the close of chapter five podcast, my dear sister. Are there things we want the good people to know about this month?
0: Yes, there are. Yes. Number one, we are making the 2023 calendar for y'all and it is so gorgeous and heartbreaking and heart opening and full of strangeness and we're very excited to share it with you very soon you can follow us on instagram at abacus Corvus, to check out some sneak peeks from time to time and the other really big news we have is that we have a shop now on our very own website Okay, sorry for the abrupt transition. We have a shop on our website. It is abacuscorvis.com. We can put a link in the show notes. I live on a very busy street, and there was like a drag race starting outside as I was finishing up the outro. So I had to re record it.
1: Can I say one more thing? So, Karina, we are pivoting. This is a pivotal chapter in the story. And so I'm going to pivot one of our longstanding traditions where you ask me a question at the end, and I'm going to ask you a question.
0: Oh, my God. Are you ready? I think so.
1: Okay. Very simply and on theme, what are you pivoting towards right now in your
0: life? Mostly I'm trying to wake up singing. I don't